Hey new mama, I remember being in your shoes and feeling so overwhelmed. I was battling mom guilt, trying to do it all, struggling to transition into working mom life, and just wished there was a place to go that would provide me clear guidance with simple, quick, easy solutions for the problems I was facing. Hey, I'm Lauren Francois and I created it for you. Welcome to the Mom Hacks Podcast, where in each episode I will provide you with a simple tactical hack in self-care, health, and wellness, mom life solutions solutions to simplify motherhood and even productivity, goal setting, and habit creation to make your transition back into the workspace that much smoother. Welcome to the show, Naptime Warrior. Now let's dig into today's episode. Hey mamas, welcome to the second episode in our series on twin mom life with my good friend Darcy Krinsky. Today we're talking all about twin mom newborn life and she's going to give us five things that every newborn twin mom should know and hint, 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 this doesn't just apply to newborn twin moms. These tips most of them apply to just any newborn mom in general. So Darcy is a full-time working mom of two beautiful twin boys who understands the challenges of balancing her professional dreams with the ever-changing chapters of motherhood. She chooses to live life with passion and she believes that the long-lasting memories for a family are centered around laughter and you're going to see that in today's episode. Even if you're not a twin mom, like I said, Darcy's tips and tales of motherhood will definitely make you smile, make you feel a bit lighter, and realize that you can do this too. Now, you all should go follow Darcy on Instagram. Her handle is at the twin mom hustle. I will link that in the show notes. And she also is the owner of a Legree fitness studio called Higher Ground Fitness in the Boston area. So if you're in the Boston area, she has one studio that's currently open in Mansfield, Massachusetts, and another one that's going to be opening very soon in Milton. So go follow at Higher Ground Fitness on Instagram, or you can check out their website. I will link both of those in the show notes, and let's dive into today's topic. Okay, you guys, Darcy is back, and we're going to dive into the newborn stage today, and she's got five things that every newborn twin mom should know, and I cannot wait to hear these five things because I want to see if they're the same or different for twin mom life as they are for just having a single newborn baby. So Darcy, take it away. All right. Thank you. So newborn stage with twins is right off the bat a little bit different, I think, because no matter where you go out in public, it's not a negative spectacle, but it's a spectacle. It's like a magnet. Like people are just drawn looking at it. And 99% of the time, it comes from a positive place. One of the first things that some other twin moms and I talked about that I think you should know is get used to people, to strangers saying crazy things to you. No matter where I go, I get questions. Now, mind you, one of my sons has like bleach blonde hair, blue eyes, and the other is like brunette with dark hair. But people will still come up very close. Now, this is like pre-COVID, but still like social boundaries with twins almost just don't exist as much as like people going up to rub pregnant women's bellies. Like they go right up to them And I constantly would get, are they identical? 
And I'm like, no, one has blonde hair, one brown hair. They're not. And I was like, can you tell them apart? Like, oh yeah, no, we can tell them apart. And you kind of just look back and you're like, mm, really? They just asked me that? Or then people will like look at you and, you know, maybe you're trying to get through a doorway with your double carriage that doesn't quite fit and your coffee spills. And, you know, someone will look at you with like really kind of that like awkward smile. And they're like, oh, wow, you really have your hands full. I'm glad they're yours. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're mine too and not yours. Like just crazy things. Or one of like the oddest is complete strangers will feel comfortable being like, oh, now are they natural? Like, what does that even mean? What is an artificial kid? Like, natural versus, like, I mean, I get what you meant. Did I have IVF to get them? But, like, one, none of your business. And two, like, what an awful question. Are they natural? And everybody wants to feel like they're close to you. Like, you will get so many people saying, like, my friend's cousin Sarah has twins, too. And then pause. Like, that is, I'm so happy for Sarah's friend's cousin's twins. Like, there are a lot of twins out there, but people just feel like when they see a twin, it's like, I don't know why, sometimes it feels like a unicorn is going through like the woods and people want to just like come up and get really close and ask you questions that aren't appropriate. So like sometimes I would just like go back with them and say, like if someone said, are they natural? I'm like, no, they're artificial. And just like stop and see what their reaction is. And I know that puts people in like a really weird position, but it's funny. So just get used to the questions strangers will ask you. So then second thing is NICU time. It's, you know, I personally went into my journey thinking I'll probably have to spend some time in the NICU because I think the statistics say 60% of twin pregnancies, the babies do spend some time in the NICU. But I think one thing that I really pleasantly learned, and again, aftercare, not all twin babies have to spend time in the NICU. Some twin babies are born smaller. Some are born like larger. It's everybody's journey is different. But if you do have to spend time in the NICU, know that it is, can be a wonderful place. I loved my time in the NICU. Both of my children were born with significant lung challenges. So they were on breathing machines for a little bit of time. But what was really good is I learned to be a mom in the NICU. Most women spend a day to two days in the hospital, and then they are sent home with this new fragile baby, and they're thrown into the wolves with how to raise this child. I spent about a month in the NICU with my babies, and throughout that month, I learned how to give my babies a bath. I learned exactly what to do for a diaper rash. I learned to do what to do with reflux. I learned so much from these women and these doctors, men, women in the NICU. They were a wealth of knowledge, and that month prepared me so much to take my babies home when they were finally ready. And I felt also like I was able to get sleep for the first month. You know, as much as I wanted to take my kids home with me, and it was a real emotional challenge to leave them there every night, I went home and got sleep. And that is something that if you take twins home from the hospital day one, like, bless that you can take them home, but like, whoa. So if you do have time, then if you or your doctor said, just be prepared, you are going to spend time here. Don't always look at it as a negative thing, because there is so much information that you can get from the NICU. Okay, so then... Third, breastfeeding, bottle feeding, a mix of the both or formula. Most women go into pregnancies with a, an idea or a plan that they want to at least try. I did that as well. I was, I'm one of those people, mind over matter. If I want to do something, I'm going to finish it. And I went into my twin pregnancy thinking I want to breastfeed. 
while the NICU, one, threw a wrench in that, not being able to even touch my babies for about a week and a half threw a massive wrench in that plan. So I had to go to the next step of pumping. But now go for a month with being home every night without your kid and having to set an alarm at 12, 3, 5, 7, to one, get enough milk, but two, to also you know keep your supply up. That's enough to make the most sane person go crazy right off the bat. Then one day I went into the NICU and the doctors, you know, there's a team of doctors there and they sat me down and they said, you know, we need to talk to you about your breast milk. It's unfortunately not high enough in calorie right now for what one of my sons needed. So would you be okay with us supplementing your breast milk with formula? And now like there are a lot of degrees of what women are okay with. Some would immediately say, yes, do what you want. Some would say, no, I want to continue to just use my breast milk. Some are like, Let's just go right to formula. But the point of all of this is like be kind to yourself on this journey of like twin momhood or, or, you know, motherhood in general, because medically it was not best for my kids to just use my breast milk. Now, my husband was like, Darcy, you are, you are literally causing yourself to go crazy right now. Like you're not getting sleep at a time when like you should be able to because the boys are being cared for right now. And it really, really personally threw me for a loop. And I didn't also think I was going to be someone that would have such a challenging time with making the decision to stop pumping or breastfeeding. And I did. I remember I put my pump in the closet. I like was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just going to let them go into formula. And then Christmas Eve, like one of the babies was home, one of them wasn't, and I was going to have a glass of wine. And then I felt guilty that I was going to have a glass of wine because, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be being so selfish. I should still be pumping and doing this. And I was almost starting to be not as good of a mom because I was falling asleep at the NICU when I wanted to be reading them a book or, you know, whatever it is. But I put so much pressure on myself to be what I thought was the right solution for my babies, aside from like letting things just go a little bit easier, letting the doctors help guide me on the journey, but was best for my babies and just being okay with what was going to get them the healthiest, the quickest. So everybody has their own journey on this. But just know that especially with twins, try to cut yourself a little slack because what you thought might be the best option isn't always the best option. Okay, on a lighter note, number four, matching outfits. I can't tell you how many hours of my life I wasted on Etsy, on Amazon, finding the ketchup and the mustard outfit, finding like the matching, like mom loves me more, me more, like outfits. Because I had this like, ideal envision in my head that I was going to have like a scrapbook that one I would never have found the time to put together of all of these like twin pictures of them side by side in matching outfits so the truth to this one is you with twins have probably or babies in general have about 20 minutes that they're going to keep that pristine outfit on and 20 minutes is like the long end of the spectrum because I would get them both in an outfit, I go, or I get one in an outfit, I go to put the other in it, and the other one would have already fit up on his outfit. Luckily, I had probably 75 matching outfits, so I had the next one on standby ready to go for that picture. But save yourself the headache and wait until they're at least like nine months old to think that they're gonna fit upright on the front steps with the pumpkin, with the matching pumpkin outfit on. Because it doesn't happen, so save like your bank account and your sanity and just wait a little bit with those matching outfit photos. Okay, last one here is definitely important to realize that you have two different children. 
You have two different children with two different personalities, with two different temperaments, with two different developmental steps that just happen to be born at the exact same time. So this was a big one for me that I had to learn, especially in the time that I was in the NICU, because every day you go in, the doctors and nurses are going to gather you and your spouse together and tell you the, the many milestones that they've hit. Okay, today we lowered the breathing machines to this level. We're on seven for Zach, we're on four for him. And in my head, I'm like, well, what does that mean? What, Zach's here, why is Chase here? And that continued once we left the NICU. Okay, well, Zach rolled over, Chase didn't what should I be doing different with Chase? Every kid is different. Every kid, different moms, doesn't matter. They are their own individual people. And this is something that one of my NICU nurses told me. I had said something and, you know, maybe a little harshly, she cut me off on my tracks and was like, stop, you have two different kids. They were born on the same day at relatively the same time, but that is the only thing that makes them the same. They're completely different. So that's one big thing you guys to remember is to cut yourself some slack again with thinking that, you know, they have to be a week in between of milestones with each other. One's talking, one's not talking, one's walking, one's not walking. It's fine. They're not going to both go to school with like, you know, carrying you in their blanket in their hands. Like they're going to do things at different paces themselves. And if you try to hold yourself to strict guidelines of making them follow these unrealistic timelines, you're just going to make yourself crazy. Oh my gosh. I love that last tip because I know even as a mom of one, especially with social media, when you have people you follow or friends that have kids right around the same time you do, it can be so easy to compare your child to where their child's at. So I can't even imagine when you have two kids right next to each other and you're responsible for both of them what that's like and to really understand that they are just two different people, two different personalities on two different tracks. And I'm sure that can be really hard sometimes. Yes, completely. But it's um, once realizing that and just you have to with twins, you just have to look at the, the softer side of parenting and realize that, you know, this is, this is probably a gross one that a lot of moms can relate to. But sometimes I'll be typing on my computer and like bring my hand up to my face. And I'm like, oh my gosh, literally, do I smell like poo on my hands? And then I like almost have to laugh and be like, yep, I do. We're as disgusting as that is. It's like, it happens and we all deal with it. But like, you don't sit around with your girlfriends and say like, who has poo on their hands today? Well, you all probably do. Just no one is talking about it. So personally, I choose to like laugh through this twin motherhood journey and realize that it's, it's hard but it is rewarding and it's going to be fun. I love that. I love that attitude. So I have two, well, one question about sleep because <laughs> I just imagine, and, and it's so cool how you were talking about the NICU because that is amazing that you did get that first month to get a little bit more sleep because I know for me, with my first, I was in the hospital, I think for three nights. And with my second, I was in the hospital for only one night. And then especially with the second, it was a lot harder because I came home and I had a toddler that was running around and then you have a newborn. So the fact that you got that month to learn how to, like you said, be a mom from experts. Oh my gosh. I totally wish that I had that opportunity. So I love that you put that into perspective, but then sleep. 
once they came home with you, what was sleep like? Because I just envision like not getting any sleep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It, it was, it was tough. I'd say probably the first six months I read so many parenting books of, you know, make the chart and I made the chart, but when you have two, that chart is a little bit useless one because you forget to fill it out because you're so tired. You don't fill it out. And then, you know, you're like, when did this kid do this? When did, so I went into it knowing that for, I was kind of giving myself six months is going to be brutal. It was every three hours and it was every three hours because even when one would start to push a little bit longer, it was very, very challenging in the middle of the night, the hour to get them to stay on the exact same cadence, exact same sleep schedule. So the biggest thing I would say here is people want to help. It is so awkward, especially as females, to ask or even take help when someone's like, let me know if you want to come over. People love babies. It's all like goo gaga for people to get to go home and then actually sleep. So when, you know, I know again, right now during COVID, maybe a little bit different, but the people that are in your circle that are offering to help you, take them up on that help. Like if, if your mom or your dad is willing to hold for a couple hours, go to sleep. That time is gold. And then I personally did end up at about six months. We worked with a sleep specialist to help us there and to really guide us that this one particular sleep specialist ended up staying over our house for two nights while my husband and I were able to sleep those two nights and really um, dissected and almost diagnosed their sleep patterns and gave us real time, real life examples of how to help that. And we, you know, I will still say this is a little bit embarrassing to admit to whomever is going to listen, but our son Zach still sleeps in the closet. So we had them both in their nursery and still now Chase is, he's the type of kid that pops up. Once he pops up, he is jumping up and down in his crib that you think he's to be on a trampoline. And no amount of sound machines can drown out his noise. So that would immediately wake Zach up. And one night, Zach walked into our walk-in closet with his little fox that he carries, put his head down and slept there. And it was like light bulb moment. My husband and I were like, should we put his crib in the closet? We pulled his crib in the closet and he has slept in there now. And we are, we're in the process of transitioning him back out now, but he loved it. And who cares? Like, who really cares? He's not going to go to college and tell his first girlfriend, I slept in the closet. It's going to be like our little family secret, aside from whomever hears this story. But it works for us. And that's, you just have to figure out what works. And for me, putting Zach in the closet gave me a little bit more sleep, gave the rest of my family sleep, and it worked. That is awesome. I totally agree. Like you just do what you got to do. I mean, especially when it comes to sleep, sleep is so important. So I was really curious to hear if you did any sort of sleep training because I sleep trained both of my kids and hands down, it was one of the best things that I have ever done because they are such good sleepers and sleep is important. Like you went through sleep deprivation. Every mom goes through sleep deprivation and I hear of moms who are waking up like five, 10 times a night with their kids. And I'm like, I can't even imagine, like I cannot even imagine what that would be like. But I love that he's in the closet. And yeah, I mean, because they do, if they're next to each other and one wakes up and the other one's not awake, then they could wake each other up. I know we haven't even moved my daughter downstairs next to my son's room because I'm worried about that. I'm like, gosh, if she wakes up in the middle of the night, I don't want him to wake up. And they're, you know, a year and a half apart. So 
I can totally yeah. see why you would do that. And, and the last thing I will say there is one of the things that they kind of don't tell you is with twins, especially if they're preemie twins, there are pretty strict guidelines on the sleeping schedule. So because a lot of times twins are born smaller, we couldn't even really start doing sleep training until almost four months because they had to eat, you know, at certain times. So, you know, that's something to just be aware of as well of like a lot of these parenting tip books will have a small asterisk at the bottom that says, you know, if it's multiples, make sure to consult with your doctor before, but you just want to be aware sleep training is a hundred percent. I agree the way to go. Just make sure you're doing it at an appropriate time. That's healthy for your baby. Yes, totally agree. Well, these were amazing and I know they're going to be so helpful to all of the twin moms out there who are in the newborn stage currently or are about to head into the newborn stage because it is such a challenging time in your life. I mean, it's amazing, but like Darcy said, it is so challenging. I mean, you're just, you're adjusting to a whole new life and you have two babies, not just one baby. So it's double, double the challenge, I'm sure. But you guys make sure you come back because we've got one more episode with Darcy. She and I are going to talk about toddlerhood and we're going to compare twin toddlerhood to toddlerhood of one. So I think you're going to be surprised with some of her answers on that topic. Okay, mama, real quick before you go, if you found value in today's episode, please subscribe, share this with your friends, and leave me a review. Leaving a review is so simple. I didn't know how to do it either, so I'm going to walk you through it. All you have to do is whatever app you're listening to this podcast in, find my show, scroll to the bottom, you'll see stars, and with those stars, you can leave me a rating and review. I love you so much for taking the time to do this, and each week I'll be sharing a review of the week because I want to shout you guys out. In all honesty, the reviews are what help this podcast get into the hands of other new mamas. Okay, I'll let you get back to your day. See you next time.